0: hello and welcome to another counterfire podcast this week we're going to be talking about the yellow vest movement in France and also more recent developments with the yellow vest movement here in in the UK and to discuss that I've got Susan Ram with me an activist who's lived and campaigned in India for many years and in the UK with the Stop the War movement and is currently living in France so is uh, is very well placed to talk to us about all of that how are you doing Susan thank you very
1: much for inviting me uh, because uh, there's loads and loads to uh, to talk about
0: let's start from the bottom up let's let's do an introduction for people who are playing catch up i mean i think a lot of our listeners we have been following it but some of them won't. So, tell us what is the LFS movement, how did it start and, and what, are, what are its key demands?
1: Right, how did it start? Well, <clears throat> I think it took practically everybody by, by surprise. We've had um, nearly two years now of the government of uh, Emmanuel Macron who uh, won the uh, presidential election back in 2017, Um, actually on a very uh, feeble uh, basis. There were mass abstentions. A lot of people felt completely um, disenfranchised uh, during that election. And he came in, as um, I think many of our listeners will know, on a, a program of reform. And new broom stuff, uh, all designed to uh, bring France into line with um, European Union neoliberalism, uh, to attempt something like a a, a uh, Thatcherite move um, in in France. And very quickly it became apparent that he was going to target Uh, labor law, for example, and the public sector, and all the sort of uh, policies that we're very, very familiar with in in Britain, targeting working people and working to the advantage of the the very wealthy and the privileged. Last year, um, during certainly the first part of 2018, there was a big uh, movement of resistance organized by the trade unions with participation by students and other sections, and led by the formidable uh, railway workers who are, are, are something of a uh, frontline fighting force in the, the French trade union movement. Mm. But despite All their efforts, they had rolling strikes, um, which occurred every three days, the railway workers, a month of last year. But nothing seemed to to be able to to budge, to stop uh, Macron in his tracks.
0: I mean, it's very interesting because over here, I think, you know, you would be forgiven for thinking that a kind of dispute over hiking, you know, in, in diesel prices and so on was only going to affect a relatively small amount of people and was maybe not even going to be uh, an element of people who've been politically active before. I mean, there's some parallels there, but it is a slightly different in situa- situation in France, isn't it? It is.
1: Yes. Buy diesel cars, um, and uh, we'll give you we'll give you special concessions on diesel fuel. And then, of course, the, the whole farming uh, community uh, is reliant on diesel. And then suddenly, uh, I think it was about three years ago, twenty fifteen, there was a complete reversal, and. Uh, Diesel was suddenly ruled out, and now we have Macron and uh, uh, doing undertaking a bit of greenwashing and uh, mm. promising that uh, they're going to uh, phase out diesel cars by I think 2030, uh, and. Um, yeah i mean that there is a that we have got an environmental issue here and i I think that gilison are very much aware of that but what they're saying is you can't do this to us we're already um facing very tough economic conditions which perhaps we can talk about a bit later the state of the french economy Yeah, yeah you can't just throw this whole burden
0: onto us and expect us to to take it and to roll over but of course the demands have kind of Expanded very very rapidly and they're still expanding probably. Um, so talk to talk to us about how those so the demands to begin around uh, the hike in diesel prices, and then they start to expand. Uh, and talk to us about that, and maybe on the way talk to us about the, the, some of the concessions that were were were, were offered, and 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 are obviously deemed not enough as well.
1: What we know is. A lot of the uh, mobilisation took place on the social media um, and it took the form for example of uh, petitions being exchanged, people signing up and um, interestingly very quickly um, this idea of uh, using the, the yellow jacket which is the safety uh, vest. Which is compulsory in France for anyone who's a motorist. You have to carry uh, a couple of these in your car, um, and it's, you, you have to uh, you, you have to put it on your safety jacket if, for any reason, you have a car breakdown or it's okay,
2: an accident. Right. So it's
1: absolutely, mm. something that everybody, every motorist. Um, every motorist has and so it, it started off, I suppose, as, as a symbol of uh, motorists in revolt um, and um, it was on that basis that there was this sort of eruption like a volcano going off on uh, November the 17th,
2: mm. uh,
1: Saturday. and all across France suddenly this outpouring of people, particularly uh, at that point uh, targeting um, roundabouts, uh, toll booths onto motorways as a a lot of the French motorway system is under
2: tolls. Um, And um, this was kind of the
1: initial uh, assembly point, if you like, the, the places where there were cars, where there was traffic, which could be disrupted. Uh, there were also uh, what they call here escargot, which is snails,
2: uh-huh. which
1: is when you, 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 you kind of slow down the traffic that's going along the motorway or the highway by oh. proceeding
2: very, very slowly. It's I a, love it's that. A that's great well
0: tactic, here. Yes. And that's the, the main meeting point. I mean, at the, to begin with, and it's, it seems like it still is, uh, people meet having meetings and political discussions on roundabouts. So far, it's a motorist-orientated thing. But it starts to talk about broader societal issues, doesn't it? It, it very quickly um, uh,
1: sort of morphs. Um, it starts off, you know, as you say, uh, discussions on roundabouts. Um, but there was quite a rapid shift to, towards um, city centres, um, marches, demonstrations, and it seemed to uh, liberate liberate something in people and it seemed to call to people who hadn't necessarily been involved in uh, action before, political action, um, street action. Um, we know something, if I can talk a little bit about the
0: sort of people who are, who have been mobilised. Yeah, please do, yeah, because it's not, it's not the usual people you'd expect, certainly not over here, so no, that's, yes please. It's
1: more than, uh, if you say the usual suspects, and I think this is part of the problem for the, for the government, uh, there has been, been some, um, some on the ground research done, um, and um, what emerges is that the, the, diversity of uh, those participating in the Yellow Jacket movement the, the largest um, if you like the core are definitely uh, workers and um, if you like lower level white collar employees uh, people on um, on low wages but in addition you have a significant number of small business owners, uh, freelance workers and in, in France freelance extends to a lot of different uh, professions for example nursing. Um, it, it's very common for a, a freelance nurse to uh, come to your home to give you an injection for example okay. um, and um, in addition to, to those sorts of people um, what they call here inactive uh, people employed but in particular uh retired the retired um anyone who's uh receiving a state pension and
0: I mean, I mean, there was that brilliant footage I saw of, of of a very diverse group of women, almost exclusively women. I think there was there were some some men, but mostly women. And as I say, a very diverse ethnic group. I think they were dancing and singing at a toll booth, uh, and that sort of that was a kind of especially at the time when we were hearing kind of oh, this is bigoted white men, kind of the equivalent of what we might call Little Englanders here but you're saying it absolutely wasn't that, and um, so tell us a bit more about about what women have been saying online. The
1: women in their, um, well providing really, um, personal histories of, uh, of, of, of great poignancy really. Um, in many cases they were people involved in caring for family members, they were uh, on very low incomes, They were struggling. They felt they were voiceless. Nobody was listening to them. And um, something about this this movement um, with its, uh, if you like, its disconnect a bit from traditional forms of uh, political mobilization or trade union mobilization uh, that, that is, pulling them in, that is, making them feel um, listened to and respected and important and uh, people with something to contribute. I think this is a very, very important aspect of this movement as it's uh, a movement in which people feel empowered, often uh, for the first time. And I think this also explains some of the uh, Wariness and hesitancy regarding um political parties and the trade union movement mm, mm. i think the sense that people don't want others to come in and sort of take it over
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah and the traditional organized left and the trade union movement and, and so on I'm assuming as, as they often are here uh, very male dominated and, and so on
2: exactly right yeah exactly right
0: right so they're asking to they start saying um, you know we're not going to pay this extra hike on, on diesel prices uh, and then they're starting to campaign on and discuss minimum wage austerity, um, what else is on the list?
1: Yes, I've got um, uh, a list of some of the demands which have been circulating. There are a great many, <laughs> this is part of the, uh, <laughs> the beauty of the movement. The, the, the people yeah, are sort of,
2: yeah.
1: All, all these sort of uh, things that are making them angry, you know, it, it, it's fantastic really. So uh, tax is, uh, is, 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 is a big uh, issue. Um, people feel they're being overtaxed um, uh, uh, and this is often put in um, contrast to the the taxes levied on uh, the rich and particular hatred for uh, it has to be said for politicians and high-level bureaucrats who are, who are seen as uh, you know having a uh, leading the life of Riley at the, at the national expense yeah. so uh, the tax is a big thing uh, as you mentioned um, the minimum wage um, there's a demand for a 40 percent uh, rise not a, not the sort of uh, meager hundred euros a month that um, that macron uh, offered by way of concession we'll talk about that
2: because it's yeah. it's
1: not even that good uh, so that's important uh, pensions are critically important given the, um, uh, the high involvement of retired people in this movement but also people's awareness of uh, the, the very bleak prospects ahead of them if as he is planning to do Macron um, attacks the pension system here um, and um uh, makes it even harder for for people to manage. Um, then let's see what else they're they're demanding. Um, public services, yes, they want to see the quality of public services uh, restored, and this means, of course, um, more people working in, say, hospitals, more people working in schools, the postal service, uh, the railway sector. So uh, uh, there's, there's definitely um, a very pro-public service element uh, in, in what they're demanding. Housing, um, there some have been calling for um, something similar, really, to, to what Corbyn has in mind in the UK, a, a mass house-building uh, project, uh, which is also seen as a way of uh, uh, putting some impetus into the economy. Um, jackets don't like the banks, that has to be said. Uh-huh. Uh, he <laughs> does. They would like to see them broken up, um, the, you know, the separation of um, speculative banking from normal, everyday banking. Don't want any more uh, bailouts of the banks. Um, and what else sort of things? Yes. Uh, and of course, the other thing which I think is a little bit puzzling perhaps to uh, people in the UK is this, um, if you like, this constitutional
2: uh, focus of their demands. Yeah, go on.
1: There's, yeah, the, the, this demand um, for, the, for the RIC. RIC, uh, which translated means um, a citizen's initiative referendum. So a referendum that citizens can uh, call upon in order to uh, test uh, national opinion on key issues. Um, And this perhaps might strike us as slightly odd, but I think it, it, it reflects this
2: sentiment of we are not being listened to. Yeah, yeah. We are being told what to do all the time. Yeah. Let me
0: get this right. So this is this is a kind of uh, a suggested kind of amendment to the French Constitution that there are more regular national referendums on what 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 are deemed to be by the Yellow Vest movement as as important topics. Have I got that right?
1: Yes, that's right. They're actually asking some of them are asking for a uh, kind of revision or rewriting of the Constitution, mm. and uh, which is interesting because there, there are links there with the sort of um, demands being made by uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon,
2: mm. who, uh, whose um, great movement, the
1: France Humboldt de la France um did so well in the presidential elections of two years ago
2: Mm, mm. and
1: one of the things he was demanding when he ran for president and did so well in the first round was um, an overturning of the existing fifth republic this was the um if you like the constitution constitutional changes introduced by de gaulle way back in the 1950s with um, with all sorts of implications for centralised power and more power in the hands of the president, which of course
2: they'd mm-hmm. be willing to
1: grab. So it's quite interesting. that uh, there's this sort of constitutional political structure focus, which is very important over here. I think
0: it's kind of a, a radical reformism, if I can put it that. It's it's certainly not uh, revolutionary, but it, it it's not it's not just working within the sort of structures of, you know, uh, of, of ordinary it's politics. It's interesting
1: watching how this, this, this movement has, uh, it, its ground has shifted, as you say, away from that, uh, that starting focus on just on fuel, <laughs> fuel taxes yeah. to something which is immensely broad, actually. This is why it's difficult to provide you with a nutshell picture of the demands because there are so many of them. Yeah. And... and they're all being debated. You see, that there are get-togethers, there are um, evening meetings of the Gilayoun, which are taking place all over the country, where they are discussing
0: these things. Well, um, well, I was going to ask, how is it all coming together? Where's the leadership? I mean, where you know, where's the sort of central committee that has decided this? Uh, there doesn't seem to be one. So how does it work?
1: How does it work? It seems to be, um, well, there, there are certain figures who've become. Um, uh, uh, leaders of sorts. Um, one of them is Eric uh, Eric Truê, who I don't know how many times he's been arrested so uh, uh, so far. Um, oh. Up in Paris, he's he's up in Paris. There's uh, there's also um, a wonderful uh, woman called um, Priscilla, who's been very active. Um, and um, but quite honestly. It, at the moment there's not nothing like a national structure it the movement seems to be operating very much um at a, a local level whether at the departmental level for example where i live in the haute bernay there's a Gilets Jaunes uh 65 which is the name of our the number of our department right but there's also um separate organizations in um TARB, which is our capital. And in the neighbouring um, department of Haute-Garonne, there is of course a massive uh, organisation in Toulouse, which has been one of the most active centres of the religion. Of jaunes. That again is an interesting development. What's interesting is that you, you remember 1968 and it, it always kicked off in Paris. Here, a lot of the impetus is coming from other
0: it's a working class movement but it doesn't seem to be one with a kind of traditional class analysis at its heart is that right do you think
1: from Normandy who came across to the big demonstration in London last, last week
2: mm. um, and you said that they were described
1: themselves as of neither of the right nor of the left and that they were quite wary of uh, trade unions and I would say that that uh, in some ways is quite representative of this movement as it is at the moment
2: mm. it's mm.
1: changing all the time Mm. So working class, a strong element, has the potential, I think, to, to move further to the left. I, w- I would certainly characterise it as a movement of the left, anti-government, anti-rich. Uh, another demand, um, which I should have mentioned earlier, is that the government should reintroduce the wealth tax on uh, France's super-rich which Macron, it's one of the first things he did when he became president was to, to lift that tax right um but that is something which makes
0: people extremely angry there has been some elements or at least some reports of some elements of some right-wing elements and some perhaps anti-immigration elements i mean talk we have to talk to talk talk about some of those less attractive elements i mean how much how much truth is there to it how widespread is it um is you know tell us about that yes
1: uh, right at the start of the movement, and there, there, there were one or two individuals who, who were um, involved who certainly had that sort of dodgy form uh, national or uh, far-right um, party background. And it, it was interesting actually to watch how very speedily the movement itself uh, moved to expel those people or to, uh, to get them out, really. Um, this has been happening uh, all over the country, number of different um, uh, instances, either at the level of um, organisers who were found to be um, from the far right, were asked to really to um, to be on their way, but also, uh, interestingly, attempts by the far right to actually uh, join protests, a bit like, um, if you like, the sort of attempt to reclaim the Yellow Jacket, which you experienced in, in London. Mm. And um, this has resulted in in, um, in battles, actually, with the Yellow no. Jackets really chucking them out. Probably the, 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 the most reliable measure of the uh, influence of the far right in this movement is you know, looking at the demands which are coming up. And it's fascinating. There have been, for example, books opened at Mary's. There's a town halls across the country in which mm-hmm. people can have been writing writing down what they feel is important. And it's very interesting. The, the issue of far right issues like immigration, Refugees, secularism, which has very Mm,
2: specific mm,
1: connotations mm. in the French context, they are not being raised by this movement at all. Who they are being raised by is uh, Macron himself, who has sort of insinuated references to these issues into his various um, addresses to the nation. (laughs) Right, I think that's significant because it indicates uh, a very dangerous game that he's playing here.
0: Yeah, uh, he's trying to appease some very nasty elements. I mean, I think the thing is that the far right obviously is butting up against there, but it's also butting up against here as well. Is that, of course, the working class isn't white. I mean, you know, the working class is just by its very nature very diverse, and that's always a bit of a problem for people attempting to represent the authentic voice of the working class and you know, a kind of right wing perspective. Talk to us now, then, if you if you wouldn't mind about just a little bit of a sto- a bit more of a story about the protests that we've had every weekend, people storming government buildings with forklift trucks and so on, <laughs> it, it's, which is all quite exciting. <laughs> Give us a timeline of, uh, if you like, and, and, and also, and some of those kind of responses from Mac- Macron as part of it.
1: As I said, it always kicks off on uh, November the 17th, and basically it's, uh, the movement has been out on the streets every Saturday since right. November the 17th. Um, perhaps not in the huge numbers of that very first uh, mobilisation but I think it's the extraordinary capacity Um, you know how tiring it is Mm. to to go out and demonstrate uh, Tom Mm -hmm. Um, these people are are out there, there's something sort of uh, um, almost driven Um, they've got their teeth into this movement and they're not going to uh, and it, as I said, there was a shift away from the initial focus on roundabouts and toll booths and, and, and highways and things towards city centre mobilisation. And that quickly uh, led to very, very big confrontations with the police and security services, mm. who, it uh, has to be said in France, are um, in many cases complete thugs.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, we'll talk, I'd like to just perhaps talk a little bit about the sort of... Um, violence
2: that's accompanied this well
0: do movement. please do i mean there's uh, been some deaths there's been people have lost hands and eyes and all kinds of stuff yes do tell us about that absolutely yes
1: there's actually um a, a website that's trying to keep a tally on on the um on the, on the casualties and it, it, it's, you know, by, by any uh, standard, it's it's deeply shocking. Quite early on there was a death in Marseille, an elderly woman who happened to be, a Muslim woman who happened to be closing the shutter of her house, obviously trying to uh, um, not get involved in the Gile d'Orn, yes, was struck in the eye by a group. Struck, took a direct hit by a grenade and was killed. Uh, and, and, and let's be clear, had, that
0: where who, where did that grenade? That was the police, was it? Yeah. It was the CRS or the police?
1: But it would be one of the uh, security organisations right, yeah, they yeah, have. Yeah. The point is, they have these, they have these weapons. They're routine in France. So I would just describe them as um, they're high velocity. Supposedly non-lethal uh, ballistic weapons um, which go under various names flashball is one. Um, they contain uh, rubber um elements but in many cases um the, the force with which the um these elements are let off mm. is indiscriminate and extremely dangerous so hence the loss of eyes that you you mentioned multiple now uh people have, lo- have had their hands uh torn off uh they've had their limbs torn off they have suffered uh huge sort of uh, internal bruises. We've had a, a young uh, firefighter in Bordeaux the other day who with his wife was just participating in um, the, the the protest, was taken out by one of these weapons um, and had to be put into a, a, a sort of temporary coma because his head injuries have been so, so bad. So mm in addition to um, the regularity of these movements, you know, the fact that people are coming out week after week, they're coming out in circumstances which are truly, truly horrific
2: mm. and
1: with the with the threat of, of very serious injury, mm. apart from all the unpleasantness of tear gas and water cannon mm. um, this is the way, you know, this is the French state mobilised to to crush this movement really
0: people are not being cowed are they
2: not at
1: all in, in, in many ways it's making people uh, more resolved mm-hmm. and more angry and, mm. and everything, everything that their president has to say is making them even more furious well than, let's talk
0: about latest, that um, yeah let's do because I mean we've, we've got some of the sort of physical if you like response from the state state machine but what's what's Macron himself been saying to, about all of this first
1: instinct was to um, uh, perhaps try and head off the, uh, the charge by uh, through minor concessions. Right. So, for example, the, uh, the, the promised tax hike on fuel has been not withdrawn but postponed. Okay. And then he also offered, um, I would say, tokens but still, significant concessions. Uh, this small increase in the minimum wage, which I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, which which was was not as good as it appeared. It but they were it was part of it was already uh, in process, so it wasn't, um, if you like, an, uh, something new. And then um, uh, making it possible for uh, overtime to be paid without tax and. Uh, Please, this is interesting from uh, Macron to French big business. Oh, please, uh, I'm not going to force your hand, but would you please reinstate the uh, end of the year bonus for your employees?
0: Okay, and what did they say um, to that?
1: Some of them some of them, sort of rushed to comply. I think they were lent on a bit. Uh-huh. Um, but this is all very small. Um,
2: sure. You know,
1: it, yeah, and, yeah. You know, the thing about it is for the first time, this man has been actually stopped in his tracks yeah. and since making those uh, minor concessions he has been you know puffing himself up again and uh, saying no no more no further and um really sort of bombarding uh people with um whether it's a fireside chat from uh, uh, a gilded room of Mm the um, MDJ Palace or uh, the latest thing he's, he's sending out to everybody, a very, very, very long letter which starts off by telling them that their country is a country like no other. Oh, no other country, apparently, is um, so open to to refugees and uh-huh. uh, people in difficulty. <laughs> so <laughs> you can imagine the hollow laughs this is yeah. getting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, he basically, he's made... Um, some minor concessions for the first time he has actually been um, forced to stop. But um, he's, I think, a man who is incapable of listening, incapable of realising that he he needs to uh, engage in a serious way. Mm. And he has got this tremendous instinct that he needs to control everything that's happening.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, as part of, a part of the letter that he's just send, sending out now, the people in France will be getting it. He's initiating a national debate. And um, this, of course, is all uh, carefully laid out under headings, uh, what should be discussed. And, you know, it's just, it's People are just laughing at it. They're
0: yeah. endless. Uh, this sounds very out of touch, b- doesn't it? It's
1: already
0: been written. Yeah. His popularity, I, I'm assuming, is plummeting. T- talk to us about his ratings and all this kind of thing.
1: When Macron was elected president, there was a little buzz which surrounded this mm. um, from, say, The Guardian
0: and the Yeah, the, the Liberal economist. media. He, they loved him. They thought he was you know, crime. the, the yeah. saviour
2: from I Marie Le Pen. Yeah. discussions with with
1: people here who said, Well, surely he's going to be a breath of fresh air and I said, He's going to fall very, very fast and very hard. Yeah. And even I was taken by the surprise <laughs> by surprise by, by how far he has fallen yeah, and how yeah. fast yeah. he has fallen. He I think it, he started off with something like sixty percent approval ratings and it Really been a more or less unbroken line downhill mm. uh, since then. He's now hovering around something like twenty percent, or or, or, or wow. even
2: less. Wow.
1: Yeah. So he is in, immensely unpopular. It's very hard to see how he will be able to uh, to see out his five years of. Uh,
0: Sure. So, I mean, I think, we, and we've seen this across Europe, certainly in this kind, in Britain, uh, and and in other countries, or throughout the world, uh, recently. And there is a, this huge dissatisfaction with neoliberal institutions. Most of the time, that means governments, national governments. What we've also seen on on the streets of some of these yellow vest demonstrations, which again I think has confused people who have a very kind of solidly remain attitude over here in the in our, our kind of relationship to the EU. Um, but also confused the easily confusable liberal media um, is of course that there there is a kind of developing anti EU and even Frexit Element to some of this stuff. I mean, we've seen Brexit signs carried on on, on some of these, uh, you know, French exit from from the EU. I mean, talk talk to us about that and, and how widespread that is as well.
1: Yes, I think you're, you're quite right. This is being underplayed by the main, mainstream uh, media. Um, you, you're quite right that there is um, the, the European Union is um, very much something which is being uh, discussed by these. Uh, mass meetings of Yellow Jackets. Um, and what what is interesting is that people have long memories and they remember the referendum that was held in France in 2005 um, on the proposal to ratify this new, there was a new European constitution which was being mooted at that time, which was going to take uh, the European Union in a firmly neoliberal uh, direction, which was, if you like, to mm. entrench its neoliberal character. And yeah. there was a referendum held in France on whether to ratify this constitution. That was back in May uh, 2005. Yeah. And um, interestingly, it, it was a victory for no. Uh, yeah. right. 55% of um, voters, and it was a high turnout nearly 70%, right. 55% of people said no. 45 said uh yes and this was followed a few days later by the same thing happening in uh, in holland yeah. and so you know that the eu has a lovely sneaky way of doing things don't they to get the result they want and yeah. uh, so basically what they did was they uh, reintroduced the constitution in another form two years later called the treaty of lisbon and uh, that was not uh, ratified. That did not have to be ratified by um, a referendum. And people here remember that.
2: Right. Yeah. They
1: remember that they voted against this constitution back then. Right. And that's why um, it, it's it's definitely there in their in their thinking. They, uh, I think, there is definitely an in, an impulse among some to leave um, to leave the EU. It has. Uh, um yeah, you know, it has important implications here because obviously uh France is part of the Eurozone,
0: so it's um mm, it's a bigger question, yeah. Quite a big big step. Uh,
1: it, you know, it's perhaps a bigger step um,
0: than, it, than it might be in the UK. Mm. But that that um that sentiment is definitely there. Where next is, is the kind of obvious question and where next for no, us over here really as well. Where is
1: it going? Well I think it's almost built into certain impetus in it, the, the fact the terminology which is used by the Chilijon, they talk in terms of Acts, Act 1 Act 2, Act 3 and they're mm. already talking about act, act 10 which is going to be this coming uh, this coming uh, Saturday which mm. is the 19th. Yeah, 19th of January.
2: Okay.
1: So they, they definitely see it as something which is rolling, which is unfolding, in which I think this is incredibly important too, that all their ingenuity and creativity can be uh, can find expression. I, I'm astonished by the, the variety of forms that protest has taken over here. Um, last Saturday, for example, there's a beautiful bridge uh, in southern France that you might know, the Mio Viaduct, mm. M-I-L-L-A-U, and uh, it, it, it's a beautiful bridge recently built that stretches across a great big sort of gorge, mm. terribly famous, and, and they, they, they just, the Yellow Jackets just got onto it and the it over i saw a picture yesterday uh some yellow jackets somewhere in the country had built uh a model of the arc de triomphe in paris out of old palettes mm-hmm. uh, beautifully done sort of right. claiming that symbol yeah. you know for their yeah. movement so uh, they they show absolutely no sign of dying down and they boost there are Interesting initiatives which I think are important. Again, uh, these tend to be conducted at the local level. For example, in Toulouse and other centres, there have been definitely outreach movements, uh, outreach um, attempts with the the local trade union movement. And we have seen uh, red jackets. Um, mm. Often, uh, part of the the main union federation of the left, CGT, Confédération Générale du Travail, which is the big one, mm. used to be linked with the Communist Party, but, mm-hmm. but no longer. At a local level, there is there is a lot of uh, a fusion of of, of uh, discuss yeah again discussion. How can we act together without? You guys, you, to you guys taking us over. So I, I, I see. Um, I don't. I, I see this as continuing, uh, developing. Uh, I think people have really got the bits between their teeth now. It's difficult at the moment to see uh, how uh, Macron is going to uh, weaken this movement. Um, as for its international implications, um, it's a symbol which has spread rapidly to other countries, including Britain. There have been attempts, of course, by uh, the far right to sort of um, steal it, really, and uh, mm. to appropriate it for their own purposes. But I think the nature of the movement will speak through. It simply is not a far right organ- uh, movement, and its its concerns are not with refugees, mm. immigration, uh, uh, targeting Islam- uh, Muslims, and so on. It is simply is not that mm. um for Britain i i think for me the, the significance of uh, the yellow jackets for, for British politics is that if, uh, as we hope, uh, Britain um, comes out of Europe on a Corbyn-led Brexit, there is a po- possibility of a, a, of a connect here with this movement here in France. Mm. You know, the, the pressure for a different sort of Europe, a different sort of uh, future, mm-hmm. um, I I do see that a mutual reinforcing, a mutual Mm. sort of Mm. uh, alimentation, if you like.
0: You know, you referred to it earlier, and and, uh, we had the People's Assembly called a general election now demonstration this Saturday, just gone the 12th. January the 12th which was a very very positive demonstration and had a huge kind of media impact partly because many people did kind of embrace the yellow vest kind of iconography as it were and we had two people as you mentioned from the Normandy yellow vests coming over it sounds like they were as you say very representative of all the things that you've been saying you know we're not, we're not far left we're not far right we're wary of the big kind of labour institutions like the main trained unions and so on but you know it's diverse it's not a racist movement, it's not an anti-immigration movement and they obviously felt that they had most in common with the anti-austerity movement um, in this country than any other movement, that speaks Volumes. I mean, I spoke to a Guardian journalist who was saying, well, you know, you've got thousands and they only may have had tens or scores, Dave in the far right, I should say, on the streets on, on Saturday trying to appropriate the yellow vests. But on social media, which is terribly important these days in Britain, it looks like it's the other way around. That may or may not be true, although it's people picking their own yardsticks for these things. I mean, I think we definitely had a mobilisation of several thousand on Saturday and we had representatives from big organisations. Speaking on that, and of course the LFS themselves were on our demonstration. So I think, in a sense, I think already the left uh, can legitimately claim certainly dominance, if not full control, over the LFS movement in this country. Yeah,
1: it, it comes from it comes from the the movement and its demand. So the far right will not get far with this because uh, we know they are not uh, anti-austerity. For example, um, Malvin Le Pen, uh, leader of the uh, what used to be called the, um, the National Front, now has become the National Rally. They're trying to pretend that they're uh, become fluffy. a newer, nicer organisation. Yeah. She has got categorically ruled out um, uh, the demand for an increase in the minimum wage, for yeah. example. Yeah. She's again. She's opposed to that. So, and, and, and I think that has um, impacted uh, the yellow jackets. They're, they're aware of, uh, you know, uh, how uh, she really has very little connect with the with the bread and butter issues but that they're, they're, they're up against. Mm. And I, I think it's important over in the UK to keep on hammering this point. You know, that, that, that this is what the yellow jackets in France are about. They are not. They are not about, uh, you know, the, the Tom I, you know, Tommy Robinson and his, uh, mm-hmm. his sort of uh, foul, uh, foul politics. He has no connection with them. Whatsoever, and in fact, if he if he were to set foot in France, I think he would be given a very a very interesting welcome. Well, that, that would like, be
0: delightful. let <laughs> <him. laughs> <laughs> hope that happens. <laughs> well, listen, thank, I mean, that's great. I think what we're saying and and jump in here is some sort of, if, if you like, with some final comments. The LFS movement in France is a very ground-up, organic movement, which is principally concerned with ending unfairness in society, if not with class politics, but certainly representing the many as opposed to the few. And it's got a very, very strong chance of toppling the Macron government uh, and possibly even going further if it continues. And over here, it's played perhaps a small role Uh, Role one that's only just started, in helping build the movement that could potentially topple May. I mean, we've just seen her kind of major defeat last night in the House of Commons, you know, unprecedented for a government sitting. Um, So, I mean, in that sense, it's all very exciting. I mean, sum it up for me for you, and then we'll wrap up. Right, so
1: Yellow Jackets have come... Out of uh, almost out of the blue, um, uh, like a sort of ferocious, um, um, angry, um, angry expression. And they have emerged in every part of France, from from the big cities to uh, the smallest towns. Everyone's talking about them. So, and um, this, I think, they sum up. They embody the anger. The determination of people that they are simply not going to continue with austerity, hmm. with widening inequality, with very high levels of uh, unemployment. Um, in France, for example, youth unemployment is something like 22%. It's, right.
2: Yeah.
1: It's catastrophic.
2: Wow, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, they, they are no longer, they are just, they've had enough and they're going to express themselves on the streets, which is, one has to say, a, a wonderful French tradition. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, and But they are, they are doing so with new sorts of people coming forward for the first time to get mm. involved. This shows, I think, the rapidity with which a movement can develop, and, and grow and welcome in new sections and in, in that sense i think they are acting as an inspiration to people in many different societies including in britain i salute them really
0: yeah i, mean, I really I... do
1: i'm excited i'm excited to be here and, and being in a position to uh, report on them and to uh, and to talk to them and and just
0: be here in this moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the yeah, I mean, that's the impression I had from meeting the two Normandy uh, people who came over and some other French allies talking about it at the demonstration yeah. on Saturday. I mean, I think there is a real buzz of excitement in lots of different sections of uh, French society at the moment, and hopefully some of that will spread. And I think, as we, as you've already said, it's it's already beginning to do so. Well, Susan, thank you so much. That has been uh, genuinely fascinating. And helpful, a kind of overview of it all. And of course, it's still on. Um, Act ten, as you say, is coming. Yes, do our best too. To well. Keep- you've you've written lots of stuff for the counterfire website already uh, and so I encourage people to go to counterfire.org to have a read of that stuff and of course uh, share this podcast thanks again Susan Uh, I hope you have a lovely afternoon and I shall speak to you soon no doubt and that's us thank you thank you Tom no worries at all lovely to talk to you great stuff bye now bye bye -bye. Bye. and that's it for another counterfire podcast Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes Uh, by searching for Counterfire Media Podcast and you can go to SoundCloud and listen to the Counterfire Media Podcast there. Please do so and share with your friends.